to the Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Show. Uh, it's uh, by the fans, for the fans. Uh, Christian, Mitch, I'm Kevin. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we have a very busy show because we are about two weeks away, not even from, uh, yeah, less than two weeks away from uh, the uh, World Cup qualifier playoffs. Portugal taking on Turkey, the winner to take on North Macedonia or Italy. A lot to get to. Before we do, we need to start off the only way we can. By talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, the world record holder, the Nets' his 807th career goal. With that hat trick against Tottenham, Cristiano Ronaldo becomes the all time leading goal scorer in men's soccer with 807 goals for club and country. His first goal scored October 7th, 2002, 20 years ago against Moridense. And that was back when he was with Sporting. So, uh, pretty, pretty remarkable when you consider. He's, what, 37 years old, and he's still getting this job done, which then, before we even get to, you know, Mitch talking about Cristiano Ronaldo with the Portuguese national team, but uh, <laughs> just uh, quickly, though, that that hat trick, uh, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's been in and out of form all season, but wow, uh, yesterday he just turned out uh, quite a performance. I think he shut a lot of people up. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> this team, there's been so much going on in Man United with what's wrong with this team and Ronaldo being, you know, a lot of people pointing at Ronaldo as, as him being the reason why this team doesn't click. And, and, you know, I think we've talked a lot about this, that the problems with Man United go way deeper than Cristiano Ronaldo. They were there long before he got there and they'll likely be there long after he leaves, um, you know, and yeah, Ronaldo brings some some interesting dynamics to the to the dressing room just with his age, his ego, his status. You know, it presents challenges for any manager to 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 try and manage him. And and uh, Ragnick kind of alluded to that yesterday in his press conference after the game. He, he straight out said that Ronaldo is very difficult to manage. We still don't know exactly why he wasn't at the Manchester Derby. Was it injury? Was it a riff with Ragnick? Nobody really knows. They're saying it was a hip flexor. I don't know. Ronaldo didn't look like somebody coming off a hip flexor injury yesterday. So, um, you know, was it a little bit of a riff with Ragnick? Potentially, um, you know. So I think, again, this team's got a lot of problems. Um, take Ronaldo's hat-trick aside, Manchester United played like shit yesterday. Defensively, they were in shambles once again. Like, they were giving up way, way too many opportunities to, to Tottenham. They were they were just not playing well. The team as a whole did not play well um, outside of the hat-trick. So, I mean, again, um, to, to sit there and try to point the finger at Cristiano Ronaldo. Yesterday, Cristiano Ronaldo took a very, very mediocre-looking Man United side, put them on his back, and said, here you go, boys. And that's exactly what Cristiano Ronaldo can do. Um, can he remember do that is Mitch, something when we have this do? conversation later? No, no, and, and I'm getting there, but is it something he does and he's been doing week in, week out? No, it, nobody can sit here as, as amazing as his performance was yesterday. Nobody can sit here and say Ronaldo has been in peak form this year because he hasn't. He, he hasn't. He's had a lot of subpar performances, um, even to his standards uh, for United. Yesterday just proves what he can still do for the team, but that he is not the issue with United. 
Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of your points. Um, hey, oh, uh, hey, guys, just just really quick, and you know, this is the the joys of live podcasting. Turn that microphone, just shift it a little bit more here. Yeah, there, there perfect. you go. Perfect, excellent. Thanks, boys. All right, go ahead, Christian. You were really quiet for way too long. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I feel like Mitch touched up on a lot of good points. Uh, if, I don't know if you uh, heard the the Conte um, post game interview. He said the only reason uh, Man United won was because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, that's what he brings. Honestly, that's what he brings. There was a lot of controversy with him last week about the Manchester Derby. Some were saying that uh, he didn't get the start. So then he was upset and then said he had an injury and he didn't go to the game altogether. Uh, that being said, I was listening to the zone right after the game. And there was a, a former coach on there. And he was saying that if you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your team at 37 years old, use him. You, he should be a sponge for everybody. I don't care what you have to do to get this guy going. Do it. He's 37 years old, club legend. He's only going to be around for a couple of years. That's what he brings. That's what he brings. That's why a lot of teams play around him. He's lethal. He's dangerous. He's a game winner. Manchester United, I don't think they're in the position to not uh, you know, have Cristiano Ronaldo make him happy. There's certain players on that team that you know, don't want to learn from him. Don't want to be a sponge around him. And I think that's completely wrong. We all know how his ego is, but in a way, that's what that's why he's so great. His self-confidence is so high. So, yeah, use him. Use him because this is what he can bring. He's a game winner. At the end of the day, that's what great players do. And, you know, yesterday we had the two Grand Cabras. The Tom Brady. <laughs> it doesn't Tom translate Brady. well. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little harsher when you're talking in Portuguese. But I mean, you have Tom Brady, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, you know, the the beauty of of these two guys are, you know, they are players that if you're a fan of their teams, if you're a fan of them, you love them and you appreciate what they bring. But a lot of people hate them because they're so successful. But the one thing we can all agree, they are usgran cabras uh, in professional sports. But, um, you know, that that does bring us to the question that, you know, we have been kind of alluding to. uh, You know, Mitch talked about it in the last podcast. You know, what do you do with Cristiano Ronaldo going into these key World Cup qualifiers, uh, Portugal versus Turkey coming up? Uh, on uh, March 24th and and like there's so much to get into here I you know I I am very curious to ask Mitch this one you know you may have been thinking differently about Cristiano Ronaldo a couple weeks ago but now so many injury concerns so many players key players are going to be out of this game even if even if Renan Sancho was potentially thinking Cristiano Ronaldo maybe start on the bench or whatever, or blah, blah, blah. I mean, let, let's call Spade a Spade. He's going to play. He's going to start. That's just reality. Um, I don't think they can afford not to, just given the players that are going to be out. You know, you have Renato Sanchez out with a thigh injury and suspension. Uh, Rafael Guerrero has COVID-19 right now. Ruben Diaz has a hamstring injury. Nelson Semedo has a hamstring injury. Juan Concelo will miss the semifinal uh, with a suspension. I mean, these are some pretty big injuries. Portugal is going to be shorthanded here going into that game. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries uh, that that we need to first kind of address before we start going into anything else. Um, to your point about Guerrero, I think he should be okay. Uh, I was reading an article yesterday, and they don't think that the COVID will affect his ability to get called up. He should 
complete his isolation unless he continues to uh, test positive. So uh, that is a, a still a question mark, but they're saying as long as he recovers, he should be available for the call-up. Um, the other one is Bruno Fernandes. He missed the game yesterday. We don't know why. Some sort of illness. I don't know that they called it COVID, but he, it was some sort of illness that uh, he's sick. Uh, so that's another big one that we're potentially dealing with as well. Uh, you've got, aside from the fact that Nelson Semedo was out, Ricardo Pereira, who is normally one of the potential right backs that you'd be looking to bring in, aside from Diogo Dalo. Uh, Carpreta has also got a hamstring injury. He's not going to be available for the call-up. Um, so there's a lot of different injury issues that we need to be looking at right now as a team. Obviously, Ruben Diaz is a big one as well. So the nice thing is, guys, we've got options. You know, uh, we've got a massive depth and a big pool of players to, to choose from. So um, even with the injuries that we do have, um, I think we're all – we're all breathing a little bit easier just knowing that there is a lot of options out there. And everyone healthy, 100%, this is a massive headache. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's still a headache. Even with the injuries, it's still a massive headache for, for them. To but, do we have, but do we have faith that Fernand Sanch is going to be able to correctly identify that depth and be able to figure figure this out for that game like that's that's my concern right now is do i we don't have know. a do we have time for a two-hour podcast today <laughs> we can go down a huge rabbit hole if uh if we go there but yeah no there definitely a lot of uh injuries that we're suffering with but like mitch touched up on this is uh this is a squad with depth uh you can have three players go down in the same position and we can still put a quality player there so uh, I, I still think this won't be an excuse. We can't use this as an excuse if we do lose to Turkey. Our pool of talent is bar none. But, you know, it's, we have to rely on Fernand Sanch. Is he going to make some, uh, you know, some risky picks, some players that are really in form right now but have not had, like, a lot of time playing with Portugal? Is he doing it? I personally don't think he, he will. I think he's going to play his uh, boring same players. And you know what? It might work. It might work. Maybe he wants experience. experience players to, to start but yeah is he the guy to do that i'm not too sure so i mean but that's the but that's the thing if he doesn't go with his experienced players right <clears throat> if he if he if he goes risky if you want to call it and and put some surprises everyone's going to be a why aren't you going with your experienced players right yeah. if you're going with your experienced players some people well maybe some of these other younger guys are in form why aren't they getting that call i mean he's in a really difficult situation here at the end of the day you can't be second guessing who you're going to pick, who you're not going to pick. You need to take a look at it as all right. You have three possible opponents here, but the first one is Turkey. So, what do you have to do to beat Turkey? What kind of game plan do you need to do? Are you going all out defensive? Are you looking for a team that's just going to be like throwing everything at the net offensively? You know, are you looking at a bit of a mix of both? And then what does that look like against either North Macedonia or Italy? Very likely to be Italy, but hey. Anything can happen in a single game, right? They can both play super defensive. All it takes is one counterattack. Take a look at Greece 2004. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think that, um, I, I don't know, guys. Like the last time we talked, I was saying that I was feeling really, I was feeling really excited. I was feeling really confident going into it. I'm also feeling a little sad. I'm feeling a little sad because. I'm taking a look at this. This could very well potentially be the end of this generation. Like this is the end of this era of the Portuguese national team. We've got a very exciting new era coming up, but we know that Fernando Sanchez is going to be gone. Well, we shouldn't say we know. 
we're very likely that Fran Sanchez is going to be out right after this. You know, Pep, this is very likely his last, you know, crack at it. Cristiano Ronaldo, there's a lot of questions if he's done, you know, after this. So there is a lot of change on the horizon. So we need to soak it up and enjoy what we can. Um, but it is going to be very interesting to see uh, who Portugal goes with. So what do we think? Who who should be earning their spot into the Portuguese lineup against Turkey? Well, I think first we got to look at the, the the pool of players that Fernand Sanchez has um, kind of at, at his disposal right now. So I, we've kind of compiled the list to kind of go through what, what he's looking at. So with keepers, Christian, who are we looking at for keepers? So I might miss a few guys. So feel free to, you know, if, if, you're, if you're live, if you're live, feel free to, to add. Uh, Mitch, I'm sure you can add too. So, uh, so far for the top goalies, I got Rupatricio, Jessa, Diog Costa, and Anthony Lopes. I think those are the, the four big, big goalies right now that have a favorable chance. So I'm going to ask you a question. And I agree with, with all four of those. I think those are the four. Who is the fourth guy? Uh, Anthony Lopes. No, so it was it was Luis Patricio, Jessa, Yo Costa, and uh, Lopes, Anthony Lopes. Guys, don't mind the spelling mistakes because I'm doing this on the fly. Yeah, no, it's yeah, all good. So all good. those four keepers, 100%. I'm going to ask you. Typically, it's it's very traditional call-ups to go with three keepers. Do you go with three? Like, do you need to go with three keepers? <sighs> I think personally, do you, does that third player does that third keeper Have ever play? Probably ever not, ever no. seen? an instance where we've needed the second keeper level and the third keeper? I, I think we live in a generation that's a little bit different because with COVID, right? What if Exactly. So what if a player, one player might go down injured, one player might get COVID, and then you put uh, William Cadavaglio in that. So. <laughs> but you know what? But, Honestly, you, you laugh, but you, you look, you're not wrong. We're, we take yeah. a look right now for, you know, for those of you who are Canadian, you, you'll get this term, but like, you know, curling you know you look at the tim hortons briar going on right now team gushu they did not bring an alternate it was just their four guys well mark nichols tested positive so now they're forced to play with just three guys in the playoffs you know so they're handcuffed there and i mean that's exactly what could happen you could have all it takes is one injury one covid test and then suddenly we're in trouble so yeah no you you got to go with at the very minimum three goaltenders for this <clears throat> so you go with three so so I think two shoe-ins are Rui Patricio and Zesa. Zesa right now, arguably one of the best keepers in the Premier League. He's got the best safe percentage in the Premier League right now. Uh, I, I got to check what Wolves were doing. Uh, so another clean sheet for Zesa today against Everton. one nothing Wolves won. Uh, so that's another clean sheet. Zesa has been in big, big form. Uh, so I think those two are kind of undisputed. And then you got to look between Anthony Lopes and Diogo Costa, which is interesting because they just went head-to-head -head with each other in the Europa League. You had uh, Porto playing Lyon and uh, Diogo Costa playing uh, against Anthony Lopes. Uh, Lyon won the game. Anthony Lopes made some big saves in that game. Diogo Costa also made some big saves in that game. And Anthony Lopes actually made a comment um, post-game that Diogo Costa is the future for goalkeeping for the slice out. So, and do you agree with that? I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think Diogo he's a, he's is a, a really big, good goalie. big keeper. Um, and right now, you know what? Uh, Anthony Lopes, I've always been a big fan of Anthony Lopes, but I think knowing that Diogo Costa is the future, I think now you need to start getting him into this lesson. You need to start getting players familiar with him. He needs to start training with the team at the very least. So I, if it were me, I would be saying out of these four, Rui Patricio, 
uh, Jessa and you, of course. So, yeah, we completely agree. And, uh, yeah, hey, I, so I personally think... Anthony Lopp, she's been deleted from the national. <laughs> and I think, yeah, like, Dion Costa, I don't think anybody can agree, even though he plays for, uh, you know, not the best team in the world, but <laughs> one of the worst, actually. But uh, Dion Costa is the future, yeah. is the future for sure. He's a, he's a huge, massive talent. All right, what else do we got, boys? Okay, let's jump into defenders. So again, Mitch, if I missed anybody, yeah. I did this literally 10 minutes before off the top of my head. So uh, Inacio, Font, David Carmo, Ruben Vezo, uh, Pep, Domingos Duarte, uh, Nuno Mench. I'm adding the wingbacks on, onto this list. Uh, Rafael Guerreiro. I know he has COVID, but he could still, yeah. if he heals up in time. Diogo uh, Dalot, uh, Ricardo Pereira, you're saying he has a hamstring injury, so it's pretty unlikely. Uh, I added Cedric uh, and João Mario from Porto. I think I've missed a couple players here, but, but uh, a couple guys I didn't add because of injury. I don't think they'll get. Uh, called. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we need to add Juan Cancelo there because even though he's on a yellow card, he would he still play be the final. Yeah, yeah. Of the, course, he's a shoe in the game, so I didn't add him. To, yeah, so be on that list. Yeah. Um, Mario Hui is another one. Uh, Ruben Samedo is another one that yeah. I don't know if if. Um, yeah, if Fernand Sanchez is, is looking at uh, potentially, but I think in terms okay, but, of but Smith was injured though, yeah, that's uh, why I said Ruben Smith. Oh, Ruben Smith, yeah, yeah, Ruben Smith, yeah, the guy, the poor two center back. And again, guys, just to be clear for you guys watching, we're we're listing out a pool of players that Fernand Sanchez could be choosing for, and then we're going to narrow them down to his, his 26. So Look at the list here. Font and Pep, shoe-ins, obviously. They're they're likely going to be the, the, the starting center backs. Uh, but how many center backs do you bring in in terms of, you know, backups? One or two? Yeah. So That's uh, the question. I think this is important time to add this is that last uh, tournament, I believe, uh, Fernand Sancho only had three defense, pure defensemen, yeah. and then Danilo obviously can pure, set up three center backs. Is what he so brought to, he does have a history of not calling too many center backs. Yeah. So I think because he always sees Danilo as worst case scenario, yeah. Danilo can always fill that center back yeah. role. So if if Pep and Font are your two undisputed kind of center backs, there, who's your who's your one? So, so this is going to be adding on to a lot like what we said about Dio Costa. I I personally believe, unless David Cardamon, he's is another good talent. So we've and got that's here you. on the list, uh, just so you guys know at home, Ruben Semedo out of this list, Ruben Semedo, uh, Gonzalo Inacio, and David Carbo are the three center backs. Uh, sorry, and you said Dominguez Duarte as well. You yeah. Added to the list, yeah, yeah. Dominguez Duarte as well. So I personally, like, that's ripe right now and ready to step in things can change again like i said with david cardamo he's another really good defenseman i think Ignacio is the next guy to be next to uh diaz personally as of right now mm -hmm. in terms of talent things can change so i think it would be a good opportunity for him to go up at least like like a lot like the old costa play with the team learn how it is get some experience uh i, I would i would call it Asu. david cardamo just came off a horrific injury i'm sure you guys all remember so I don't think he's ripe yet. He's a good talent, but yeah, I think Anasio. If there's only the third defenseman, I would call Anasio. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree with Christian there. Even though I really, really like David Carmo, 
Um, and I want to see him get back to to the form he was before yeah. he he snapped his leg uh, against the Port. Uh, for those of you who don't know, David Carmo is a defender with Braga. Uh, prior to snapping his leg, um, he was being looked at by teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid. Uh, he was going to be making a big move away from Braga. Unfortunately, that injury set him back, but he, he's a big, big-time center back for, for Portugal. Um, Ruben Semedo, we've talked about him lots in the past. He just went to Porto, uh, potentially starting to find his feet there. Could be could be a dupla there with, with uh, Ruben Semedo and, and Pep uh, for them to start forming a little bit of chemistry at, at Porto. Hasn't happened yet, but that could happen. But I, I would have to agree with you. Gonzalo Inácio has week in week out proved even at a young young age that he he looks like sometimes a center back that's you know 30 years old the way he plays he plays with the, his head on a swivel uh he's confident on the ball he gets that ball out of his feet quick uh his positioning is always spot on uh always been very very impressed with Gonzalez. also a good uh, ball moving center back he's 100 mm-hmm, one of uh watching him week in week out he, this guy he's a really good passer which on a Portugal team with the amount of talent and you know superstars that we have, I think that element would be a good addition to the to the Portuguese national team. Okay, so we agree. So Gonçalo Inácio is our center back choice. Yeah. So we can take uh, Ruben Semedo. Wait, can I just add uh, one thing? Do yeah. you want, uh, if it was you, not Fernando Sanchez, would you want four center backs, or would you be no, okay I'd with the with, three? I'd go with three. I'd okay. go with three. Honestly, okay, I would go with three as well. So we can take uh, Ruben Semedo, uh, Duarte. And Carmo off that list. There we go. So those are your three center backs. So now let's uh, let's jump to left back. So on the left back side, you've got I think it's pretty. This is one of the easiest. You've got Nuno Mendes and Rafael Guerreiro. Yeah, go with yeah. the two as long as Guerreiro is uh, is Healthy. fit. If Guerreiro isn't. I would consider bringing in potentially uh, Mario Rui. Yeah, from from yeah. Napoli. Uh, he's he's always pretty you know pretty steady at uh, in that in that I role. Got, I got to say that's the one position in Portugal that we don't have. We a have depth, depth, but yeah. we don't have like a crazy pool of, of depth. Yeah, but, yeah. Although uh, João Cancelo, he can, can play he left can, back. He can play. Left he's back. a really good left back. He plays that he plays for Manchester City. Left back for Man City. Yeah, time. yeah. That's why we we often say he's the best left and right back. <laughs> so okay, so we're good with Nuno Mendes and uh, and Rafael Guerreiro uh, at the left back positions, right back positions. This is where it gets a little bit tricky because you've got Cancelo on a yellow card. So do you still only bring two right backs, or do you bring three? Because if something well, hold on, to... no, hold on a second. FIFA wiped out the yellow cards, so unless you are. Unless you've already had your two and you haven't served your suspension, then you're going to miss the semifinal game. But all other players, they've had their cards wiped clean for the playoff. No, Cancelo, Cancelo is suspended. Yeah, he's suspended. I think yeah. Turkey. Yeah, what, what happened to him? He's already suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suspended, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, so, yeah. He's, so he's suspended. So again, so knowing that he's suspended, Dalot is, is kind of the natural because Nelson Semedo's out. So Dalot is, is kind of your natural right back, your go-to right back. But do you bring a third right back? Because in case something happens to Yo Dalot in the Turkey game, you don't have anybody else. So that's that's kind of a little bit of a conundrum for, for Sanch. Yeah. 
Because you you got to bring them both. It is, it is a risk. Is definitely, good. we we need Cancelo if we beat Turkey and we, and play, we Italy. play Italy. So we need Cancelo called up. But do you bring a third? Uh that's 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 a gamble. Uh, Huge. If I was to gamble, I would bank on uh, uh, just Delon and Cancelo. And Cancelo. And then if something happens with him with COVID, he's allowed to go down, and you could substitute him with another. Mm-hmm. Like but definitely is a risk. Definitely is a risk. I, I think I think you have to run that risk personally. I don't know yeah. that, you know, because realistically, let's say something did happen to Dalo, and let's say Guerreiro or Minge were at left back, you could potentially swap, I, even though I've never seen Nuno Minge or Guerreiro play yeah. in a right back position. I mean, worst case scenario, you could probably swap them in there and they would, I mean, it might not be totally comfortable for them, but you know, worst case scenario, I think that's what you would do for sure. But uh, I agree. I think I think Dalo and and Cancelo, just because there's so much, such a, a a depth of players that we need to try to fill in the attacking and midfield role, that I think we need to limit our our yeah, options at in for the sure. defense to try. I was going to say that too. Way for for the midfield and attacking role. So you're you're in agreement, Cancelo and Dalo. Yes. So we can take uh, João Mario and put it off that list. So that's our defenders. So you're basically Font, Pep, Inácio. Inácio. I have Inácio on here? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right there. Do I have everyone? Yeah, so Inácio, Font, Pep, Carreiro, Nunes, Dalot, and Cedric. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Jim is so, going to just to make things all so everything fits. I know it doesn't fit the exact style, but it works. Okay. No, 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 Cedric, Kev. You don't want Cedric. No. So we're just going Font, Pep, Nunes, Guerrero, Dalot, and Cancelo. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I can't even do this on Microsoft Word. Imagine Fernand Sanch having to do this. Jeez. <laughs> He'd have his big ass glasses on. Right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Where where off to next? Okay, we're gonna go to midfielders. Yeah. Okay, so the the pool of midfielders I have uh, is Palinha, uh, Neves, the Cabra, uh, William Carvalho. <laughs> Doesn't sound as good in uh, Portuguese. But <laughs> uh, the other cabra, Danilo. Those who don't know, cabra is goat. But okay. Uh, and then I got Motinho, Bruno Fernandes. I gotta say, you're a fast typer. <laughs> I've still been at Cancelo up there. It was me. Uh, yeah, I got Bernard Silva. I'll use a short version of his name to make it easier for you. But oh, I'll put Pot, Pot, uh, Pedro Neto, uh, Sergio Oliveira. Uh, another player that's in really, really good form is Vitinha. Uh, I have Fabio Vieira, uh, Mateus Nunes, and uh, the other Jomario, the Bifica Jomario. Anybody I'm missing? I, I didn't add certain players because of injury, obviously. So, 
All right, where are we going here? So he's just confirming. Yeah, I'm just confirming um, my list. Yeah, no, I think you got everybody. <clears throat> and again, guys, if you guys are watching live, if you, you guys can think of anybody that we're not uh, adding here, feel free to uh, to shout out. So this is probably one of the most difficult uh, positions. Well, it starts to get into the, the most difficult kind of selections. Uh, attackers, I think, are even a little bit more tricky, but. I don't want to see Portugal bring any more than one trinco. This is my opinion. I know you're going to potentially disagree with me, but out of the trinks, out of the pure sixes that we have, we've out of this list, you've got William, Danilo, and Palinha. Palinha are your three kind of trinco options, and I don't think we need to go with any more than one trinco. No. I really don't. I and in my opinion, between Danilo, Palinha, and William right now, I would say Danilo is the best out of those three. Even though I am a big fan of Palinha, I would go with Danilo, especially because you're only going with one center back. And if anything happens, Danilo can always sl slot in. So he's got that versatility. So in my opinion, in, in terms of uh, choosing a drink, I would only go with Danilo. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. And Danilo, I think, is a shoe in just because he can play the the center back role. Uh, I would I would go with at least two Tirinks. At least two Tirinks. I would add Danilo just because of his versatility. And although William Carvalho has been playing really really good, even scoring some nice goals, and, uh, I would I would still pick Palinha just because I don't think I think uh, William and Danilo, as good as they've been playing, they're very similar players. I don't know if you would agree with me. They, they're almost identical. Uh, so out of those two, I think I'd pick Danilo just because of the center back role. And Pelina, I think he adds a different element. Although they're both number sixes, I think Pelina can be a really good shutdown CDM. He's also a really good ball mover, which so are the other ones. But he can he is more direct. Whereas uh, Danilo and William, they play more of the safe uh, le a left to right passes, boring passes. Where I think Padilla has the edge, and just in this particular category, is that he likes to shoot the ball up. He's he can put in passes like long, 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 good passes, which I think we'll need if potentially again Turkey is a really, really good team. We got to get through them, and same with Italy. But if we do play a team like Italy, I feel like those long, uh, behind, uh, in getting behind passes are going to be very important because we're going to have to be like playing counterattacking football against them. So let's leave Palinha and uh, Danilo on there. We can take out Senor Bigods there. Will you? Cabra. <laughs> I'm going to be using that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. Okay. So we're taking, are we taking? Are we taking out? Okay. So who are we taking out? Will Nev staying? Yeah, Nev just staying. Yeah. And William Carvalho out. Yeah, William Carvalho out. So that leaves those. Those two drinks, Polinia and Danilo. So now moving kind of forward, Neves and Moutinho, I think, are shoe-ins. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Bernardo Silva, obviously shoe-ins. Pot. I don't know that Pot right now has room on this squad. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I would, and it's not because he's not good enough. And I think him in top form, we would really need a player like him. Uh, but as of right now, this has been a tough year for him, man. Yeah. He's uh, 
He's been every time he's come back, he's been injured. Yeah. He uh, and last year, honestly, he was never hurt. He was so consistent, even finishing everything. This this year, he's with all these injuries. It seems like every time he gets hot, boom, gets injured. So I feel like for the, at least these two uh, knockout stage games, potentially two games. Yeah, I, I would personally have to leave him out. Although I do think if we do make it by the time the World Cup comes, if he's healthy, I would I would call him up. But as of right now. Yeah, I think he 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 does not make it, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Sergio Oliveira. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, he's playing really good, but I think he's falling victim to uh, to a team that's just loaded with midfielders right now. We have so much talent. I I I do think maybe not in my head. I wouldn't call him up, but I do think Fernando Sanchez will call him up just because he's played there a few times. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion, I think. We, we got better players to, to call up. I don't know what you think. Man, I, I really he's, – he's played really well at uh, at Roma. He's found some form there. Um, again, I, I kind of agree. I just don't know that he he slots into to this side. Potentially with Renato Sanz out, um, Fernando Sanz may look at, at bringing in someone like a Sergio Oliveira. Um, to me, again, I, I don't think he has – I think Sergio Oliveira is an eight. If I don't know if you'd agree with me, mm-hmm. so kind of in the in the midfield profile of players, I think he's an eight. I also think Nevz is an eight. I also think, um, sorry, Kev, can you bring bring that list up? Moutinho is kind of that semi eight, and Mateus Nunes is also that that kind of eight position. And I think if you're looking at players with the profile of of kind of a physique a la Liga zone, yeah, 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 from the midfield. Who can who can really take the ball, lift their head, ping ping that long that long ball, even potentially make a you know make a run up, uh, be an attacking threat, can hit it, you know can hit the ball, has a good shot from outside the area. Um, I think Neves, Mateus Nunes, and João Moutinho are those kind of three players that fill that that yeah. gap, and I just don't know that Sergio Oliveira again can can fit into that that role as good as as i think he is right now i don't know that i would bring Sergio Oliveira into this team right yeah now. and then like in that position i know every player is a little bit different adds a different ele- element to the game but i personally like would like vitinha over oliveira i would like favorite over oliveira i would like Mateus nunes over oliveira not to say he's not a great player and he does add a different element but i mean all great great teams they have a mix of very experienced players and a little bit of youthful and exuberance and i just personally i don't think he he, he makes it that. so Sergio Oliveira is off the table <clears throat> this is gonna be tough this is one's gonna be tough i think this is gonna be the toughest out of all of them um i would so pedro neto i think we can make a quick quick determination he's as good as he is pedro neto is is too fresh off of injury he's he has not played for what, almost a year. Yeah, is it, over. Is it, I think it was even over a year. It, it's it's been, it's been a, a while. Time. It's been a long time. Um, so I think we can safely take him up. Although I, we do need a player like him, I don't think right now is the right time. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I don't think I think it's too early, but we are missing a player like that that can run at defenders, mm-hmm. really good at crossing for a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo. So yeah, it might be too soon, but I. I do think if we make the World Cup, he's going to be. Uh, so, I think we can agree. Mateus Nunes is is a must yeah. on this team. 
Um, so we can definitely put him as a, as a shoe in. Um, to me, João Mario is he's fallen off the wagon in terms of form for Benfica. I don't think uh, he has a spot in this team at all. Um, I think Fabio Vieira. If, I really like that guy. I really do too. But I'm thinking if it's between uh, kind of a young player who can come in and add some excitement into this squad, I'm saying Vitinho over Fabio Vieira. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. I, I would uh, probably lean towards uh, Vitinho, not because he's better than Fabio Vieira, but I think we can. We have a lot of players that can fill in that Fabio Vieira role. Uh, so yeah, Vitinha. I, I think Vitinha is the next João Moutinho, maybe with a little bit even higher, uh, you know, even bigger prodigy than Moutinho was. My so, personal opinion. Midfielders, just to round them out: Polinia, Neves, Danilo, Bernard Silva, Moutinho, Bruno Fernandes, Vitinha, and Matheus Nunes. Yeah, I I, I agree. Okay. All right, now the fun now the one. fun stuff. The, now the, the fun embarrassment one. of riches. Yes. Okay, so uh, I got here Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Well, uh, I, think I need to keep putting Jota's name down. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what Jota? What, what Jota are we talking about? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, we'll go uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jota, Andre Silva. Uh, we got uh, João uh, João Felix. We got Ricardo Horta, we got Rafa, uh, Rafael Leão, uh, Podens, and uh, Getsch. So am I missing anybody? Would you want to add Paulinho to there? <laughs> uh, I don't think he, I'm just kidding. I don't think he's uh, someone. Although, uh, I, would add, I would add maybe Otavio. Otavio, yeah. And uh, just so Kevin is, uh, and uh, of course, uh, we need both uh, Diogo, or sorry, you've got the Cavada of Celtic. (laughs) (laughs) Jota from Celtic, yeah. Make sure we we make that uh, distinction. It's Jota from Celtic. Yeah, I think we've got everybody. I just had Otavio on my list. The other shot to place uh, Liverpool, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You've got uh, the not as good there. one. Jota B. Jota B. <laughs> you had had Neto on that ball. We talked about him already. Yeah, I think that's everyone. <clears throat> okay, so, so, so Cristiano Ronaldo, we know hundred percent he's on the team. Like that's yeah. not even a debate. Same with Jota, right? Liverpool yes. Jota? That's right. Yeah. And let's just get a count here so that we know how many spots we have left. So we've got uh, the three keepers. We've got... So we were at 18 before we got to... So 19 with Cristiano Ronaldo. We're at 20 with Jota from Liverpool. So we have six six other spots. Um, I think let's just start with the the one, the shoe-ins. João Felix, shoe-in, yeah. you'd agree? Yeah. With the form he's in right now. Andre Silva. Andre Silva. Man, I don't know that Andre Silva is a shoe Yeah, but just giving it on, like, he's always been called up. Uh, I personally think he might still be a shoe but. So you've got Jean-Felix for sure. Yeah. Um, 
I think the reason why I said that because all the other guys have some of them have even not even played for the the national team, or if they've been called up, they rarely played. So that's mm -hmm. so. Okay, so let's say we go Andre Silva as a shoe. So then you got so we got 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. So let's say Andre Silva and João Felix are shoe ins. Okay. You've now got two more spots. Okay. So you've got to we've got to pick two players between Ricardo Horta, who is playing for Braga right now. He's the leading goal scorer. They're the the highest Portuguese uh, goal scorer in the Portuguese league right yeah. now. You've got Rafael Leão. He's on who form. Is in amazing form right now for AC Milan. You've got Rafa, who's always in good form for Benfica. He's one of our best players. Always really good off the bench. Daniel Pudens right now playing for Wolves, also in very good form. All of these players have very similar characteristics. They're tricky wingers. Uh, to your point earlier, talking about Pedro Neto, who could have also slotted into this attacking role, but somebody who can pick up the ball, run at you, he definitely has that. Um, Gonzalo Guedes, also in really good form for Valencia right now. He's scoring almost at will, um, playing very well. Otavio for Port, always a player who's very dangerous. He can fill a couple of different roles, very versatile. Um, and I don't even know that we talk about Jota from Celtic. Uh, Man, <laughs> you, really... you guys just wait. When Fransson shocks the world and gets Jota <laughs> up and, and he scores the game winners in both games, you guys will be stunned. But no, I, I agree. Look, uh, as much as I'm a fan of Jota, and I do think he is going to figure in nicely in the future of Portugal, I don't think this is his time yet. So we yeah. will easily take him out. So we've got two players left that we got to remove. So I personally, although I really do like him, I think he's, I believe uh, when Pep's injured, Otavi's the captain. I believe he's a really good leader, brings a lot of you know, a good element to the game, but I don't think he he makes it, man. I don't think he makes it just because of the other players in former now. I don't know if you agree with me. I, I would I would have to agree, man. And and I actually do like Otavio. Yeah. Um, but again, when you're looking at these players, I just don't know that. And this is why I was telling you that I don't know that Andre Silva is even a shoe in right now because let's let's just look at some stats right now. Andre Silva right now has nine goals yeah he's got nine goals and two assists and if we look at Gonzalo Guedes right now as an example Gonzalo Guedes right now has 10 goals yeah so pretty 10 goals and five assists yeah in the Spanish league so if we're looking at you know between um Guedes and Andre Silva uh Rafael Leon Let's pull up Leon's stats right now. <clears throat> so, Rafael Leon. Give me a sec here, guys. I, I think the one guy that should be called up, that would sort of be, you know, uh, a different element. Jota. <laughs> is uh, Ricardo Horta. Uh, we talked about him a lot in other podcasts. I think Ricardo is—it's his time, man. He's—he's he's literally a man on fire right now. He's—he's he's scoring at will. He's scoring in Europe. He's scoring uh, 
in Portugal, I believe he's in the in the league in terms of Portuguese players. He's the the, the top goal scorer. Yeah, he is. And that's the thing is is Fernando Sanchez has to balance he's got getting players. Right yeah, fifteen goals. And, and that's the thing. Fernando Sanchez has to has to balance getting players who are in form, players who mix well with our traditional players on the national team players who will match up well against either well against turkey for sure and potentially italy or north macedonia and then he also has to think what his game plan is right like it's one of those things where okay if portugal goes up one nil 10 minutes into the game you're changing your strategy right you're you're probably going heavy defense midfield so then you're going to be looking to change things up so maybe you're looking at bringing up someone more in the middle and to bring one less attack like it, it, it's such there's so many things at play here it'll be really interesting but we do need to get one player off this list so, so who do you take off i'm gonna make my ch my choice i'm gonna go with um ricardo horta rafael leon and gonzalo Guedes. those are my three picks which means i'm leaving off the table andre silva rafa and Pudence. yeah i can agree on, with do, that how many players do we need is it 26 26. So we only need one more off this list. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. We have 27 players on oh, this we list. Have 27. Oh, shit. I thought, we, I thought we were having to take three. Okay, so that makes it different. Would you take off for this? So if we're only taking off one, sorry, yes. so, so that changes this. So if we're only having to take off one player between um Andre Silva, Porto, Leon, Gedge, and Pudence, then yes, I would take off this. Yeah. And I would leave. Although that's a tricky one, I would leave off of this. But I think a player like him is would be important to our team. So here's a question. So here's a good because I, I I would agree. I think between um Pudence and Rafa, those are those would be your your two kind of picks if you're gonna leave Ricardo Huerta and Rafael Leon. So I'm gonna ask you. Let's say we're in a game, okay? Yeah. And 65th minute, 70th minute, the game's tied 0-0. And we we need a little bit of oomph in the attack, okay? We need somebody – we need some speed. We need some trickery. We need somebody creating a goal-scoring threat. And you've got Rafa and Daniel Pudens on the bench, and you're looking to take off potentially – you know, Diogo Jota, for example, who would you bring on, Rafa or Daniel Pudence? So there's a lot of elements to this. So in terms of uh, player for player, I, I, I always like Rafa. I, I just always felt like he missed that last little edge at the end to, to finish. Correct me if I'm wrong. He does finish a lot, but I also think he burns up a lot of chances. But for these mata-mata games... I think Hoffa would I would lean towards Hoffa just because he's proven it. He had a great tournament. But just player for player, in like an average game, I would slightly lean to pull this. Uh just because you know he has he's a great finish, he can finish and his low center of gravity, he can move through players at will. Almost like not obviously as good, but like a like a messy. So, but I think for the, the Mata Mata jokes, I would lead, slightly lean towards towards Rafa. I don't know if you agree with me. I, it's very tough, man, because I, I really like both of these players. Rafa, especially because he plays for Benfica. And yeah. I, 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 
I'm a huge fan of him. But I've been watching so much of, of Wolves lately. And, man, Daniel Pudens is so good, dude. Like, that he is. is such a good player. And he is that one player who I think as much as Hafa can also do that, I think his his um, his feet are a little bit neater than than Hafa's. Hafa's really just got that explosive speed. He's got good feet too, but Pudens just has a neater pair of feet, I think. And um, man, it, it would be really tough. Um, I'm I'm really undecided. I don't know. I don't know between half and this. I it's it's a toss. So flip so flip a coin. Okay. So if on Thursday, so again on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, Fernand Sunch will name his roster for these uh, for the biggest game uh, of the year by far, and that's not hyperbole. Like that is legit. Um, if this is the lineup that. Fernand Sanch presents. You guys are happy. You guys are thrilled. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. The so then, my question, just to kind of throw a wrench into this, forget these players. Is there a player that you would just roll your eyes at that Fernand Sanch would 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 call up? Who do you not want to get called up that you feel Fernand Sanch might call up? This might be like not the answer you're looking for, but. Cristiano Ronaldo. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, but I think if they bring if he brings both William and Danilo, and he calls and them both Pugina. and Pugina, all three of them, then I think I'd be rolling my eyes. Yeah, yeah I, I I would agree with that. Uh, and, and why is that? Because you think that that's gonna that's gonna dictate that's the hint, the foreshadowing of yeah. what kind of style he's that gonna be playing. Yeah, hundred percent. But okay, but but with that being said, does it? Again, I know we like the all-out attack and we love the exciting soccer, whatever. But I mean, hey, if we're playing a tight, defensive, boring game, but it gets us the win, does it matter? See, but the thing is, I don't think it's working anymore. I think if this was a few years ago, yeah. If it was, if we were getting results and we weren't in a playoff spot, and and we're already made the World Cup, and then that happened, I think you'd have more of a you know a foot to stand mm -hmm. on. But the fact that we are where we are with obviously look at these players on this list and how hard it was to eliminate players mm -hmm. for him to still you know beating a dead horse like they like to say. Uh, that's that's why it's that's why I'd be a little upset. I think it's time mm -hmm. to bring a new look. Not not. Change absolutely everything, but mm -hmm. add a little bit of youthful exuberance. Maybe change a couple things. Yeah, I, I and I think that's the 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 key here is Fernand Sanj has to get it into his mind. This isn't like that Serbia game, that last World Cup qualifier, which which put us in this situation. We can't play to not lose. We need to play to win. Yeah, and 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 that's the way because if we're playing to not lose then you open yourself up to mistakes or the lucky bounce for the other team and then you put yourself in a world of hurt so you have to play to win and at least try and control it that way and if you can get that early goal then okay change your tactics a little bit but you know it's uh th this is what it comes down to these are the the elimination games this is what it's all about and and Fernand Sanch has to get out of twenty. He has to get twenty sixteen out of his head, and realize. Listen, we're six years later. You know, it's a different world out there, and these are much different opponents. Turkey's not going to be a pushover, and who knows? I still. I mean, it should be Italy, but I'm not convinced that you know 
I wouldn't be surprised if North Macedonia pulls out an upset. Put it that way. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a, a a really really interesting. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Fernandes approaches this. Uh, but I think he's a he's he's proven to be predictable enough that we know that he's going to go with what he feels is comfortable. He's not going to step out of the box as much as we'd like him to. Um, I think because that's that's mind, what the next that's that's what the next generation and that's why I say there's a little bit of sadness in me because I know that this is the last push for this generation because once once this whether it's the playoff or it's Qatar once that's done we're looking at a whole new Portuguese national team there will there will almost certainly be a new manager there will be new players we don't know if Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be in the mix or not it's going to be a very different look it's going to be the time of the future and that's where we're going to start seeing things shine. And I think Portugal is actually going to do quite well. Guys, we're almost up against the clock here. Uh, but final thoughts before Portugal uh, announces its roster on the 17th. Yeah, final thoughts is I, I really hope Fernando Santos learned from his mistakes. Uh, we touched up on it just now uh, about playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I really hope he, he, uh, he learns from that. Adds, like We take the game to them this time, not sit back. Play this boring counter uh, attack game. I'd like to see him go there and literally push. Obviously, with the right amount of tactics, and you know, don't go all out. But I'd like to see him have a different look at a few different players that we haven't seen. Not a lot, but a few. Give this team some more energy because a team like this, this roster. You see how long it took took us to get through everything. We have so much talent, and for us to miss this World Cup with that team, it's going to be one of the biggest fails in uh, in recent history for Portugal. It will be the biggest fail yeah. in the last in the last twenty years. I, Other than, to, no, to a year two thousand four. Well, to fail to make <laughs> to fail to make a World Cup, yeah, with that team, with with this pool of players would, and and again, I and that group, and no, that group, and there's that no group, reason why Portugal couldn't have gotten that, that we group. had. Um, you talk about, you know, that, that famous saying you, you either, you know, um, you know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to be the villain. And, and that is what Fernand Sanchez is staring in the face right now. He, yeah. he will go from hero, uh, giving zero. us uh, the hero, giving us the nation's league to an absolute fucking zero because he, you know, failed to get us to a world cup with arguably the greatest pool of players this this lesson has ever ever seen and not only is it the greatest pool of players this we've ever seen right now all of these guys are in top form so not only do you have a pool of great players you've got a pool of great players who are playing very very well in each of their respective teams and leagues so um what i want is for him to really like you said christian i think he really needs to see some of these guys like El Rafael Leão, like Ricardo Horta, what can they bring to this lesson? How can he make, how can he bring out the best of some of these guys in this lesson? And if he can try and figure that out, rather than just go with his carbon copy, uh, kind of copy paste what he knows or what he thinks he knows is going to work best, I think that'll make us all happy. But I also think that'll give us the best results rather than just trying to go with the, 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 what he thinks is is you know tried tested and true um you know and and gonna get us through these these two games um because if if he does go with his tried tested and true like you said it could work 
but I think we're all going to be sitting here banging our heads against the wall saying like, this is, it's just more of the same from, from, from Lance Sench. 100%. Be interesting to see what happens. We will uh, surely have a lot of debate and discussion as Fransanch names his roster on uh, Thursday, March 17th. Uh, Portugal, Turkey coming up on the 24th. It's going to be a wild one. For the two Cabras, Mitch and uh, Christian, <laughs> I'm Kevin. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a good one, everyone. Stay safe. Ciao, guys.